Welcome to the Post Sunday Podcast, presented by Genesis Church. A place to go further, discover more, and to learn things you possibly never have. It's not just enough to know of God, we want you to know Him. Coming to you from sunny Orlando, Florida, it's time to rethink life the way God intended. This is the Genesis Post Sunday Podcast. What's going on, post-Sunday podcasters? In the words of the lyrical poet Jay-Z, let me reintroduce myself. (laughs) My name's Pastor Tim, along with my co-host today, because I'm the captain (laughs) of the show and the ship. I'm sitting in the rightful place, the throne. This is Johnny Sierra. What's up, Johnny? Yes, what's up, what's up? Well, y'all know, obviously, you know, uh, I usually am um, running uh, host, uh, the host side, but Master Tim is embracing it fully. I love it. There's a different energy with him uh, when he's leading us, but you're trying to, you're trying to one-up me, ain't you? Listen, <laughs> I, get a, I get a cup holder today on this side of the table. Uh, okay. You guys try to sabotage me. My mic wasn't working before we yeah. started recording, yeah, yeah. but now I'm fully... Yeah. in control. Your life is in my hands. Yeah, it is. It is today. in your hands. And you realize there's a lot, there's a lot of responsibility to that, to that seat right there. So but I got this. Hold it down. I man. got this. So <laughs> for all those watching or listening for the very first time, welcome to the post Sunday podcast. As we always say, this is an extension of Genesis church, which is, which is located in Orlando, Florida. Um, we are currently spending the entire year going through the Bible together from Genesis to Revelation. And this Post Sunny podcast is an extension of what we're walking through, but also a resource to all of you as you're trying to learn more about God's word, because our desire is not just that you would know of God's word, but that you would know God's word. And so if you're studying it or you're, you're walking through it and you end up in some of the stories that we have, and this can be a resource, that's fantastic. We got people watching and listening from all over the country. Um, here in Orlando, if you're local, we'd love to have you. We have three services, Johnny. They're at 815, 930, right. and 11 o'clock a.m. on Sunday morning. And the 930 and 11, we uh, we stream uh, live as well on Facebook, YouTube, our website, GenesisChurchOrlando.com. And this whole show is on YouTube, Spotify, iTunes, TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, we're we got anything else? We're everywhere. Well, no, we're, that, that's we're it. everywhere. Yeah, we're everywhere. We're, we're not omnipresent. Only no, God is. No, this is, this but, is uh, legit. But social media-wise, we're getting close. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good. So it's good content. Uh, as we begin today, before we dive into this, guess what? What? We have a PSP Let's go. Let's go. PSP It's going to take me a while. It's like a PDQ thing. To, you know? to get someone, yeah. someone last week, that was their thing. <laughs> Did you guys get PDQ mixed up? Yeah. Because you were hungry while you were exactly. recording? Um, or do you we're understand what PSPQ... Out chicken sandwiches. Okay. The uh, PSPQ is the question part of the segment. That's right. Yep. So what we want is listeners and watchers to submit their questions. And it doesn't have to be about the current week. It can be about former weeks. It can be about God's word. As long as it is in line with where we're going, uh, we want to try to take 
um, a moment and answer some of those questions. And so you can submit those questions by DMing us on Instagram. So make sure you're following our Instagram account at Post Sunday Podcast. Um, that's the best place and the best way to do that. DM those questions. And so yeah. we have a question today. And the question is going to be read by the better looking producer, Alexis. Let's go. We booted Stanton for your episode <laughs> <laughs> and brought producer Alexis back in the Just house. Just the best of the best. Yeah. I, yeah. You, you get you get, get the whole red man, carpet on your is, day. I feel spoiled today. Your wife's I probably like spoiled. waiting for this. <laughs> My this is my hubby's day. I can't wait. Woo. I can't wait. I didn't even tell her we're doing the the pod. Like Alexis. Yes. Say hello to everybody. What is going on, everyone? We we we'll make sure your face is seen at some point. Yeah. However, <laughs> let us know what the PSPQ of the week is. So the question of the week is: Grace, wrath, mercy, redemption, repeat seems to be the story of every person in the Bible. So why is David chosen as a man after God's own heart? Is it possible for anyone today to have such significance as anyone whose story is written in the Bible? Mm. So it's kind of two questions yeah. in one moment. You got any thoughts on it? Uh, I mean, right off the bat, when it comes to just that whole repeating of itself I just I, I think it's mainly because we just keep putting ourselves in a predicament where God just has to keep reminding us you know of what the plan has been from the beginning and we just keep deviating from it and so it just I just think it's a sinful the sinful nature that we carry um, and 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 it, just, it shows us and should illuminate to us uh, the power of this sinful nature and how much uh, it can control the flow of our life if we are not really dialed in to God. And we'll end up becoming or following the same patterns as a lot of these um, central figures in Scripture. So, Yeah, I think that the, the thing to look at is the totality of the Scriptures. And although we're marching through them, so we haven't gotten through all of it, what you will find out, especially in the Old Testament, I remember learning a long time ago from uh, a teacher that uh, kind of had these four quadrants. There was the the Exodus, the Sinai, the Promised Land, and then there's Babylon. And it kind of was this quadrant of you're in captivity and slavery in the Exodus. God hears your cries, brings you to Mount Sinai where he speaks truth and instruction and commands back into your life, takes you to where you've been asking him to take you or bring you to this promised land. But along the way, once we get there, Deuteronomy chapter eight, God says, once you get into this land and your houses and your herds multiply, then you will forget the Lord, your God. Israel does that. They end up back in captivity in Babylon, like they were in Exodus. And so there's this cycle wow. in the story of God, but it's also a cycle in our lives that we get to this hard part of our life we, we, we cry out to God, God comes and he answers and he speaks to us and, and reveals himself. We maybe go where we've been asking to go. God puts us right back on the path. Once we get comfortable, we go back to the same things and end up back in some type of captivity, yeah. you know, in a place we're not supposed to be. So there is a cycle there. The second part of that question is just, is, is anyone able to play a significant role like the people we find in the scriptures. 
my, my quick answer to that would simply just be that, um, that's up to God, right? Like it's God, he's the one writing a story. So how he uses people and how he chooses to use them, you know, uh, Hebrews has this, you know, chapter Hebrews 12 of the, of the, the great men of faith, Hebrews 11, you know, and the women of faith. And so there's kind of like this hall of fame moment. You, you, you'd kind of say where some of them, their stories played a bigger part, but like in our own lives, um, you know, we're, we're, we're still, we're quoting people like Charles Spurgeon and D.L. Moody. And we're talking about, you know, Martin Luther and, and Billy Graham. And so I think there are people that we can identify that God has used in a very significant way. You know, when it comes to David being a man after God's own heart, I think that once again, it's the totality. What makes him that is not that he was just a man up uh, after God's own heart up until he sinned. That's what we talked about last week. It's the repentance on the backside, yeah. the real biblical repentance, what it looked like that showed us this man's heart truly belongs to God, even when he messes up and he had a grave sin with grave consequences. His heart came back to God with everything that he had. And we have that ability to do it as well. We can move past our sin, repent, and come back to God. Doesn't mean the consequences always go away that we're stuck with, but our heart can show in how we respond in those moments. That's right. Yeah. So anyways, here's what I want to know. Sunday, as you got up, everyone knows you can sing. Everyone, you know, you're, 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 you're Johnny Fuego to many of us. You know, you've got your braids and, and your earrings and all that stuff. And as we were talking earlier. Which, by the way, listen, just to cut you there, I, my mom brought me a packet with a bunch of different awards I won. And one of the awards I won in high school was best hair. Oh my goodness! Please Let's don't tell go. me that. I looked at that. I showed it off like it was. <laughs> I'm like, woo! Best hair in 2004. You, you want to know something? So did I. But I had the typical boy band butt cut, did. with bleach blonde <laughs> tucked behind your ears. But it was all nice and clean you had and faces, straight. Bro. I did. Yeah. Yeah, that was my Backstreet Boy days. So you, you know, do some different stuff. That's good. And I, good so for you, that, bro. That's what I was trying now to be. You, I don't know, man. You, you got a good look, consistent look. Listen. So that's good. Well, anyways, the, the lighting, the camera is a little bit help, right? <laughs> and as we were saying earlier, with your cappuccino skin. Um, <laughs> What we learned was something different about you, yeah. okay? What I learned this past week is, A, you played golf for the very first time. Let's go. And I need to experience you on the golf course because so swing. I, need, I need to see your swing. <laughs> and it's not Charles Barkley's swing, all right? I need to, I need to know. It's good. Can, can you swing a I, golf club? You know, I got I some tech. There's some technical work I need to do, um, but I think – like the foundation is is okay. I there's 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 things to work with, so okay. Yeah, right. I, I it was fantastic. I enjoyed it. But what we found out on Sunday is that not only can you play instruments, and not only can you sing, and not only can you preach, you're a man of many talents. You wanted to do like design. CAD yeah. work, like all this kind of stuff. Like yeah. this was something you wanted to do. I did. We got to see a little bit of the other side Different of who side. you are and yeah. kind of talk about yeah. why that was. Yeah, a lot of people don't know my background in regards to architectural drafting and design, but that was a uh, first thing for me. I loved drawing when I was younger, and I would draw just people, cars, houses, like just, 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 just to do it. Like I really enjoyed it, and so I pursued it. 
throughout high school. I went to a technical high school just to have uh, some accreditations with that and got my degree uh, as a drafter and uh, and just really spent some time understanding the the process of what it takes to build a successful project. And as we were diving deep into, you know, obviously we, we've gone 26 weeks now, 27. Well, this is 27. Yeah, exactly. 27 weeks. Um, they, you know, there's a lot of different things that we've seen happen as we got to this scripture. I was just like, man, I really, you know, Solomon here has been challenged to, for a big project. And I wanted to bring in that perspective of architecture, of construction, what it is, what it requires, the details of every phase that you are going to go through as you're building something, right? And um, so, yeah, I mean, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but... No, no, so was, you you did a great job, I think, of, you know, just setting up visually for those that were there with us, yeah. you know, those that are listening right now, you know, just the, the blueprints and the tools and, and everything and just how you work through, you know, really the phases of construction from design and plans to to site work and laying the foundation framing plumbing electric everything that goes into building something all the way down to final inspection and that was kind of a great thread i think that you threw into the sermon as to where it was going to take us and so as we dive in because of those things this is where we are this week right this week we're with solomon david's son and we're in First Kings chapters, really like five through seven, but you really honed in on a specific passage here and, and pulled a lot out of that. First Kings chapter six, verse 11 says this, now the word of the Lord came to Solomon concerning this house that you are building. If you will walk in my statutes and obey my rules and keep all my commandments and walk in them, then I will establish my word with you, which I spoke to your father, David. And I will dwell among the children of Israel, and I will not forsake my people, Israel. So Solomon built the house and finished it. And so that was really where you parked Sunday for for most of the morning in the sense of this big task God has given to Solomon. And really, you did a great job, I think, once again, of showing people this big book, the Bible. Yeah has a lot of connections and symmetry Yes, that shorten it or show that the same God is at work, maybe just in different ways, but he's still always working the same way. Yeah, exactly. Kind of talk about that, that symmetry and those connections yeah. that you, you brought so up. So I, I wanted, that was, that's always been a big topic for us here it, as we started the never ending story. Like it's been like, how is God, how's the symmetry? How's everything coming together? Right? Because at the end of it, it all connects to Jesus. Uh, but there is some there's 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 events and different things taking place that also just remind us of God's kingdom and what he's really trying to establish. And so Moses, as we see, was asked to build the tabernacle. Right. We, we see that. And then Solomon here, as we're talking, was asked to build the temple. And it was both places were, were was what's where God's presence was going to rest with his people. And so I looked at first Kings and I said, man, this message really God gave this message to Moses back in Deuteronomy. And it would it's a message that God would provide blessing for obedience to him and judgment for disobedience. Flat out, that's what this all has been about. It's like, if you follow my rules and commands, this is what will happen. If you don't, 
this is what will happen, right? God just, there is no, um, God's not fluffing anything. You know, it's been flat out what he's been wanting to do in our life. And so we haven't really talked a lot about Solomon. Uh, we Last week, you brought a tremendous word um, about David and his sin and repentance. Um, and so we see the turnaround in David's life because of the repentance. But now, obviously, there was a consequence to that. Um, he lost his child, his first child with Bathsheba. But they ended up having a second child, and this is who that second child, or they had a, together their second child. Um, this is Solomon. And so Solomon is the third son of David. He's uh, second and last uh, king of a unified Israel. He took kingship at a very early age, and many know him for his wisdom. We find that in Scripture. Many know him as uh, the author of Proverbs, Ecclesiastics, Songs of Songs, and even some of the Psalms as well, Songs of Songs and Psalms. And he reigned for Israel for 40 years. So this is the who is Solomon and who, you know, just an overview of that. But now here is David basically finding himself handing over the kingdom to his son Solomon. And uh, one of the things that he does, he's actually, David, what's cool is that he, he really prepared Solomon for this construction. But before he even did that, he said, David, uh, he told Solomon seven times to keep God's commands in the book of 1 Kings chapter 2. And this is how Solomon's nation will bless the world and fulfill God's promise through Abraham. But he also reminds Solomon God's promise to Moses that Israel is going to prosper if Solomon obeys the law. That's also in chapter 2. And also David encourages him to be strong and courageous like Joshua. So there's a lot of, like, that's kind of the symmetry we're talking about. He's he's doing these things to really prepare him. And it, this is all in First Chronicles 28, 10, and 11, where he just basically tells Solomon, listen, consider now for the Lord has chosen you to build a temple as a sanctuary. Be strong and do the work. I love that. Do the work. Then David gave his son Solomon the plans for the, for, for the, for the temple, its buildings, its storerooms, its upper parts, its inner rooms, and the place of atonement. So now here we are, you know, where King Solomon is, finds himself at a time of peace, which is uh, what maybe we can talk about. Why didn't David get to be the one to build this temple? Uh, we know that that was a desire of his, of, of his heart, but God really wanted to build this temple in a time of peace. And here is Solomon now. Not only, uh, you know, having this big, big, big obstacle now to have to build this temple. You did a good job, you know, of just echoing something that we keep saying all throughout this teaching series, this whole year at our church. And that is that God doesn't need you, but God wants you. Yes. And you can, you can let God use you in his story yeah. or you can miss the opportunity for God to use you in his story. And so that symmetry of Moses and Joshua and, and Solomon and David and these people that were allowing God to use them in his story is being shown and flushed out. You know, I think that one of the things that you pointed out is, is just key to me is as I'm thinking about this story and how we just marched through the life of David, his father is that, uh, David tells his son seven times, mm. you know, you talked about to keep God's commandments. 
And to me as a father, that, that really, I think just displays this. I learned from my mistakes, right? Like I'm trying to tell you, obey God, obey God, obey seven times. Like I know what happens when you don't obey God. Yeah. So you're trying to pass this on and, and, and how many parents sometimes they don't want to talk about their past because they're afraid their kids are going to make the same mistakes or they, they overly, you know, maybe talk about something or set rules or boundaries in place yeah. because of the mistakes that they made. And here's David just over and over again to his son. If you want to do this and do this right, there's only one way. That's right. And that's obedience to God, right? Yeah. And so I think that was something you really hit on well. Yeah, no, I, I and it's it's great. You know, we see that David was just really, he's a man of, of preparation. He knew he wouldn't be the one to build the temple, but he prepared the way for his son to do that. I think that was a, a great thing out of him um, regarding uh, just parenting in general, really allowing yourself to, uh, to prepare and pave a way for your for your son. And Solomon didn't come into king, into rule uh, under good situations either. Uh, he, he had a really tough moment uh, when things began. Uh, his first act really as king was of mercy and forgiveness. Uh, towards his brother Ananiah. Um, if you guys don't know, but just Ananiah was really kind of secretly trying to take over or, or, or crown himself as king. And that kind of put urgency into David through Bathsheba uh, to really get Solomon into the throne. But Solomon knows this. And so there is this act of mercy and forgiveness out of King Solomon, which are qualities that you we want to see you know as as someone that is taking this huge responsibility he had every right to to kill and uh, take revenge but here he is and he's showing mercy to his brother and so i thought that was interesting you know when it came to him just really beginning his kingship he came under some turmoil there i think um, that you know when you look at the the fallout from david's sin yeah right people don't want to own up to the fact as we keep saying sin has consequences and yeah, so when you look at at David's children you know from Absalom to to Amnon to to Tamar you know here's a brother who rapes a sister here's a brother who kills a brother you know all this stuff is happening within yeah. his family now type of a deal and then one's trying to take the throne you know when it was promised to Solomon and so Nathan and and, and Bathsheba have to get involved and come back to David. But when you see all this, you continue to see that God is going, God is going to, to play out what he's wanting. Yeah. Right. The In end. the end, it's, it's how we, we, we sing it Sunday, you know, what the enemy meant for evil, yeah. you turned it for good. It's the story of Joshua. I mean, of Joseph, you know, this is that moment where there's all of a sudden evil shows up even in the, in the family of a man after God's own heart. And yet God says, listen, I'm still going to accomplish what I need to accomplish and I'm still going to get it done. Yep. I've chosen Solomon to be that man. And so now we find ourselves really, you know, moving from the tabernacle to the temple. Yeah. Yeah. So here's the tabernacle, this place that Moses is instructed to be the leader over seeing, you know, constructed God gives all these intricate, you know, yeah. details, designs, as you said, blueprints, yeah. the CAD drawing, whatever that yeah. would have looked like for them yeah. that day. And that's where my presence is going to be, but it's going to go with you. Yeah. As you move and go, it's going to come with you, the Ark of the Covenant and the tabernacle. Yeah. And now 
it's God saying, now, now you're going to build me a house. Yeah. And David, we would have thought would be the one, just like Moses would have led people into the promised land. So it reminds us, symmetry again, that we don't always get to see the final product, right? Exactly. We're just going to be used for whatever part God is yeah. needing us for. Big time. And so therefore, now we're at the temple. Yeah. This this solid foundation and Solomon's been given this this duty of, of, of constructing it. And one of the things you talked about was the expectation and the pressure of it. Yeah. Like what did that feel it's like? It's huge. I mean, you're talking now, you know, you're coming into this with already your dad has high hopes for you. Your dad is just, you are the chosen one pretty much in his eyes, you know? Like there is this pressure of keeping everything right. And um, you can see glimpses of King Solomon's just kind of uh, attitude towards things. You, you kind of see a little bit of insecurity. You know, you see those things. But here's David reminding him seven times, listen, you got this right? Encouraging him, getting him going uh, to understand the task. But the expectations are huge and the pressure is there to now fulfill this. But like we said, the beauty of it is that David prepared a, a little bit of an ease for him. Uh, and not only the way of the design and the way that it was supposed to be, but in materials as well. David was working and making sure, collecting some materials, gathering some things for his son. And so here we are, construction project, basically. It takes seven years to complete this project. And when we showed it on Sunday, you could just see the details behind this just immaculate temple. Uh, a lot of thought was put into it. And the temple of God was just built with so much just so precise and so detailed. And if you want to read through that, it's in first Kings chapter six, 15 through 36, but just give specific details after details of what it is. And this is the highest point in Israel's history. Now they're, you know, this is it. This is the grand, the grand of it all. And, and I talk about that as we're looking through uh, this temple, we're seeing that it, it would be a place where God's eyes and ears would be. It would be a place, a house of prayer. It would be God's dwelling place on earth. And in the center and the very heart of it, it's, it's the, it would be the inner sanctuary called the Holies of Holies. And, and in this most holy place, the Ark of the Covenant would be set. The mercy seat was placed on top of the Ark. And, 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 and it was just showing God's wonderful light of God's mercy. And this was just a huge building, uh, a huge accomplishment and project at the time that was, that was just... Uh, they were holding it with all their pride, with all their joy, with everything they have. Uh, but but then as I as I went through the message, I really I wanted to revisit the passage again because we've taken enough time to really look at the physical aspect of this temple and what it would require. But fast forward now, and and as we read this scripture, we see that God's really requiring something. Further, something there, there's another temple that he's wanting to to build, and so we we re reread re that scripture again with a different perspective of now God is he's saying listen I'll dwell in this house if you do these certain things and that's where I begin to really break down some of those things uh, with with the church. But when when you say that, one of the things that I think about is um, you, like you said, read read the detail in in the temple, and most people wouldn't, right? However, 
when people are building their house, how many times do they go to the site to make sure the cabinets are being installed right? Yeah. You know, the tiles being laid right. All of a sudden, when it's ours, we actually care about the detail oh, where okay. everything is, right? And and so when I look at this project God gave Solomon or the tabernacle for, for Moses, God cared about the details. As we say, God is in the details. Yeah. And what we have to realize is that He's for people, but he also wants things to display his goodness and greatness. And he does care about that. One of our devotions here at Genesis, what I'm thinking about, you know, we say people over programs, right? And so our focus is always people first before a program. And without the people, there is no program. However, we've talked about this because sometimes people are like, oh, I love that. That means you really don't care about the program. You just totally only care about people. And we're like... No, we care about the priority, right? It's people first. But when we do a program, we want it to be done well. We care about the details. When we do our Ignite Sports and Arts Camp next week. We're fine combing through everything. We're fine combing every detail. And we say, listen, this is is for the city. This is a free gift for hundreds and hundreds of kids in our city. We're going to max capacity this, this local high school auditorium. And, 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 and yet one of the things we talk about is we want it to look sound yeah. good. Yeah. The details actually matter in this moment. Why? Because it's going to open a door for the people and yeah. we're going to reach people. We don't elevate it above people, but in the moment, and God's doing that with Solomon yeah. saying, listen, you're going to build a house for me. Yeah. I do care about how it looks. Exactly. Right? Yeah, no, and 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 and, and it's a depiction. When we put these events together, it's one of those things like, hey, we're doing it with excellence because it represents God, right? That's our focus. We want you to come in, and we want it to represent who God is. And, and so, you know, going back a little bit, the King David, you know, what built that desire to build it uh, to 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 have want the temple was he was in his palace and this was this he's in his grand palace just overlooking everything and he sees the tabernacle out there and he he tells himself how is my home more better than God's home God's dwelling place the tabernacle we need to build something excellent for him to display That's powerful. his glory, right? And yeah. so, like, he had that conviction. And even though we said it earlier, you you don't get to be the one to do it. Right. it he knew he, it was, what's great about David is that, like, he, he knew he wasn't going to be able to do it. But it didn't still didn't stop him from preparing. What if God told you, right, in your life, hey, um, this individual in your life won't get saved in your time but the seeds you're depositing in their life right now will help the next person that'll lead them to Jesus. Right? Like we don't think that way. Yeah. Right. And so, uh, like it's, my, my former pastor growing up, you know, always wanted to move the church up to the university in the same place. Cause they were separate in the town. Yeah. And literally while it's being done, he passes away. And so he doesn't get to completely see the vision God had given him played out to the capacity in which it has today, but spent most of his life preparing the ground, growing the roots, you know, working in the dirt per se spiritually to make this thing happen. That now is just this, this monstrosity of a place that is changing people's lives. And as you said, 
the patience and the endurance and the perseverance yeah. that God may say, you know, there's sometimes, honestly, I'm like, God, we don't have a building, <laughs> right? Let's yeah. be honest for a second. It's true. We're still a portable church. Yeah. We've been in four different locations in 13 years. Yet when we step back, it has not stopped us from reaching the hundreds and hundreds of people that we reach. As a matter of fact, we're bigger than we ever have. And, and we're trying to figure out how to create space. And in one breath, it's God saying, don't need a building, right? Don't need a building to do what I need to do. On the other side, I'm going, am I going to live <laughs> to see wow. Genesis in a building? Yeah. Or, or what's what's this story going to play out like? Like these are the thoughts you just wow. have in your head. Yeah. And yet then the question becomes, would I, will I stay faithful, yeah. building or not, to see this through? You know, if there's any listeners that want to, you know, give us land and, and help us out, that's great. <laughs> that's fantastic. Um, however, it's still part of that. It exactly is. what you said. David looking and going, my God can't be in that. No. And I'm in this. Yeah. Now, we don't need the, you know, the Roman churches, Catholic <laughs> churches that we go. <laughs> exactly. They're beautiful, though. Let's talk about yeah, They're they beautiful, are. and you want to go detailed. see them. Yeah. And the detail of them. But he understood the importance of where God who yeah. God is and what God is in his life. And so you really did a good job of really starting to take that moment and really not pivot. Shift I think a bit. Shift, yeah. even not shift. It's, it's like move it in the direction God was yeah, trying exactly. to show us. And exactly. there, there's a lot of foreshadowing in yeah. this, right? Like of what's to come because as we see this never ending story of God, and this yeah. overarching, you know, this, this, this thread, we're going to begin to see this shift play out that God was in a ta God was in the garden. Yeah. God is in the tabernacle. God is in the temple. And then all of a sudden it's as if God's telling Solomon, listen, I don't need a building. Mm. To be in it's but it feels like i'm gonna all, let you build me yeah, one but i don't need that all throughout up until now right it just it it, it it seemed like the israelites always needed something to gather themselves in or to meet god at this place god is only here god is you know if we want to see god this is where he is like there's always a a point of direction right for them but it seems like now god begins to really shift things in this passage saying to solomon listen if if you guys want me to dwell i basically i want to dwell not in just in this place i want to dwell now in another place that is ultimately going to be uh what my son is going to pay the price for right yeah. and we don't we Solomon doesn't know that. No, but everything points but that, to Jesus. He does. And you, we teach out of the ESV yep. for those that listen and wonder, you know, um, even on this podcast. But you use the message translation, which yes. just gives you some nuances. We don't teach from it, but it gives you a different perspective. And this is what it says. The same passage we started with, 1 Kings 6, 11 through 13, the word of God came to Solomon saying, about this temple you are building, what's important is that you live the way I've set out for you and do what I tell you, following my instructions carefully and obediently. So these are kind of the three pillars, walking in the statutes, obedience to his rules, keeping his commandments. Then I'll complete in you the promise I made to David, your father. And this is the part where really you started to move in yeah. this direction. I'll personally take up my residence among the Israelites. Yeah, I won't desert my people, man, I, 
I fell in love with just the way this passage really brought it because it just feels so personal, right? And, and here's Solomon. He's building his physical temple, but God, God was wanting him to understand something, that the only way that I'm going to abide in this temple is if, if he resides in it, right? Uh, understanding that uh, this will only be a temple unless I reside in it. But then he goes into even more personal and he says, listen, while man is so focused on the outside, God is focused on the inside. And I love that passage, that last piece that says, all personally take up residence among the Israelites. Uh, mind you, he didn't say not in this building. He didn't, he didn't, he's, he didn't put himself, he didn't, he didn't put uh, limitations to himself. He says, I now want to take a personal residence within my people, not in this building, not in this, com- I don't want to confine myself anymore. Now, now the, the verbiage is beginning to be different. Now it's me among you, not just here. Yeah, I just, I, I thought that was so powerful because God wasn't wanting for a building. Uh, God wasn't waiting for a building before he could dwell with his people. He dwells with hearts that love and desire to obey him. Yeah, it's it's that uh, it's that reality, like we say, like church is not a building. Yeah. Now, we appreciate a building to gather in. At Genesis, we say four walls don't define us. Yeah, that's good. That, you know, so we've been church in multiple locations. We've been church out at the beach, you know, in a park with hundreds and hundreds of people. We have been church under a a bridge in Brazil in the middle of the favelas. Yeah. I've been a church in, in you know West Africa mm. underneath a tree. It's where the people are. It's not the building. Yeah. And what you begin to do is really show this. This is where now the Bible has this overarching thread that starts to play out. And it's God in the garden with Adam and Eve. God wants to be with his people. So God comes down at Mount Sinai to to, to speak to Moses and his people. And God says, build me a tabernacle so I can come be amongst my people. Then it's build me a temple so that I can come be with my people. But ultimately the, the, the picture was, was always the same. It wasn't the space being built. Yeah. It was God being with his people. And so you open up Paul in first Corinthians yeah. and you say, you know, chapter six, verse 19, do you not know that your body mm is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God. You are not your own. You were bought with a price, so glorify God in your body. This is the temple. I I can picture the people listening to this and just being shook. Like, they're just shook. Because all the way up, up until then, it's all been about a synagogue. It's been about a beautiful temple and a place to, to be. And that's where God's presence is going to be. And here is Paul just saying, listen, no, now God wants to reside within you. And so your body is the temple now of the Holy Spirit. So that requires certain things. And so we, it requires the right tools, right? Yeah, you that's had, what I mentioned. You had all your tools up there. I had and my the big, tools. That's why. Like, that's why there's blueprints and your yeah. drills and, and your hammers and, and whatever. Because at the end of the day, you did a great job of going in the direction of God has given you the tools yep. to build the right temple. Exactly. That's what the scriptures are doing. And really, it's played out in the three things that you 
have shown us in this scripture. Yeah, yeah. Basically, it's laid out for Solomon. It's laid out for us even now, right? Simple. If you walk in my statues, if you obey my rules, if you keep all of my commands and walk in them, right? It, it's flat out God saying, hey, Solomon, this is what you need to do if I am going to be among you guys, right? And so that, that's, that's for us right now. That is, that's, we can apply that for our lives right now. And you, you brought a tremendous life-changing word last week that really allowed people to begin this process now. What do you do after now this repentance part of your life and this pivoting now of your life? Uh, where, do, where do I build upon from that? That's kind of been the word that I've been talking to several people coming off of this message. Build on that. Build on that. This is how you build on that. Walk in his statues. Basically, another translation went on to say, live the way I've set out for you. And so it basically is walking in his boundaries, letting your daily life reflect God. When I think of walking, I think of an active activity. You're doing something. It requires movement. So how is your life, how is your faith active and living right now? One of the right? things you said on, on Sunday and you've talked about is, like when you make the blueprints, yeah, you can't move walls. Like once once the blueprint's set, now, I mean you can, but it takes a whole lot of work. And we, if you're building a house, you know now it takes extra money, extra time because the wall once it's set isn't really supposed to move, right? Mm -hmm. Can be adapted, and there's certain load bearing walls that you can't touch. And really, you did a great job of. That's what the word of God is. Yeah. It's it's these these boundaries is the word you keep yeah. using that that are set within the blueprint that God has for our life that allows us to have the right tools for building the right temple for him to dwell in the foundation, you know, all those things you talked about, you know, that that the drywall that comes in, yeah. the electrical, they all come in in stages. Yep. And the more you have the right tools, you know, we were in Bahamas last yep. week and there's guys up there on, on the roof doing shingles and they're having to hammer in the nail for every shingle. Yep. And we're all joking around about, man, if you had a nail gun, doo -doo 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 -doo, we'd be done in, be? you know, a third of the time it's taking us because if you, if you have the right tools, then you get the job done quicker and, and usually even better, yeah. you know, and you kind of said that that's what we and, have. And, and the thing is you can't skip steps. I can't skip the masonry step. I can't skip, uh, you know, the foundation step. I can't skip the blueprint steps. Like everything has to line up together. And so when you're coming off a moment of repentance and life change and understanding who God is, there is this walk now that you have to take. Your lingo changes. Decision-making has to be, has to change. Now you have to actively apply your faith in ways that, yes, it's going to be hard. That's what this is all about. It's difficult. It, it, what it, and, and, and I really love when I, when I teach, I want to be practical. Because, yeah, you can blow people's mind away with the, the theology, verbiage, all this. But at the end of the day, people want to know how to get certain things done. And some, sometimes there is those uh, abil that ability to be able to give that information out. And I want to make sure that I think, of the, I think of the person sitting down and saying, how can I live an active faith? 
Well, we've seen it throughout this never-ending story, through Abraham's life, as he's getting ready to sacrifice his son. That is active faith. Noah building the boat. That is active faith because rain didn't come for a long time, right? It's, it's uh, Rahab taking in these Israelite men, these spies, and saying, hey, spare my family. Please, I'm taking an act of faith in bringing you to this place because it can cause, it can take my life away and my family's life away. That is active faith. And so when you're telling yourself, how does that look? It looks like that. It looks like you applying uh, just daily decisions in your life that were going to help you walk in his statues and, and, and remind you of what God is wanting in your life. I forget, I forget how the quote goes, but it's something like this. Good teachers teach you what they know great teachers teach you how to do what they do mm. right and so we can have a great theology we, we can build that and, and that's important i don't diminish that at all you know but paul even writes like you yourselves are a letter written on your hearts meaning we can teach it to you, but at some point it's got to impact your heart yep. where it's being played out. And so it's not just on paper anymore. It's actually being displayed in people's lives. And we talk about that in our membership class about how, you know, you can go to our website and see our, our beliefs, our theology, our doctrinal statements, whatever. But we encourage you to come see it being played out in our church, in our people. Yeah. Because it can it can look perfect on a screen or on a paper on a page, you know the right words that you're looking for and all been written the right way. But at the end of the day, if we're not living it out, it doesn't matter anyways. And so as you were talking about building that way and keeping all the commandments of God, you know you you kind of had this this quote this prayer of I pray to be like the ocean mm. with soft currents, maybe waves at times more and more. But I want the consistency rather than the highs and the lows. Yeah. So that that was a great just kind of place of going, listen, I want to build it in such a way yeah. that the house, the temple stays consistent. Yeah. So we went through walking, right? And so obedience, obey my rules. And God's kingdom, there's rules. And I wanted to hone in on this second one a lot bit too, because I think a lot of people think that rules are a bad thing. But rules are a protective measure. God's protecting you from things, right? The boundaries are set there for you to have uh, the, 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 the right way, right? And so uh, it's just like following the rules for a certain power tool. If I don't use this power tool the way that it needs to be used, I'm putting myself at risk and others uh, when I'm using it and can, I can harm myself, right? Same thing. God is saying, hey, abide in my rules because if you go outside of this, that covering and protection, it, it, it's not going to be there for you. And you're putting yourself at a place that it's just going to be very harmful. And, and now the cult, this culture is teaching you, hey, do you. Do what you do you. Do what feels great for you. And, 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 and it's so misleading, because you don't know what to do. <laughs> you don't have that covering in your life. God provides those things. And if you don't have that, you're on your own, man. And that is a really scary place to be. And my, uh, my oldest daughter had her 20th birthday the other night. And I always think about my wife bakes the cakes and all that and does a fabulous job with it. Um, but whenever we turn the mixer on, you know, and if my youngest daughter is wanting to help or her friends, like, you say like, hey, don't put your hand in the mixer because, mm. you know, it's turning. It's got that power yeah. in it, you know, because we have one of those kitchen aids and we're like, that'll break your hand or pull a finger off. Right. 
because it's a tool to be used to help you bake the cake exactly. and get it going. Yep. You don't have to hand stir it and all that stuff. It actually gets you there in the process a little bit faster. However, as you just said, use done the wrong way. And now there's pain and injury. And ultimately that's what we just saw in Solomon's father, David, mm. right? Man, after God's own heart, you were supposed to be the one to walk in his statutes, to obey his rules, to keep his commandments. You broke them. And you found out there are consequences that are going to hurt you. Yeah, There's, there's going to come some pain from your choices, not God's judgment, right? Exactly. Like that's how we want to flip it. Exactly. It's God's judgment. You made the choices to not do it this way. Yeah. Just like if you stick your hand in that KitchenAid, there's going to be some damage, yeah, right? And God's letting us know, letting Solomon know. And I think back to the beginning, that's why David tells Solomon seven times, obey his commands, obey his commands obey his commands. Like if you're going to build the foundation of this temple, really the foundation of your heart, yep. you have to seek out. Obe Will you mess up? Yes. But that's why we talked about repentance, yep. real repentance, not being remorseful. Yeah. And as you kind of brought this all to a close, you went back to the, to the concept, this, this metaphor used all morning long about building, starting with the drawings yep. foundation, then the, the stages of drywall, like we said, plumbing. But eventually, even after you put the landscaping in, the inspector has to come. Yeah. And the inspector has to come see everything that's done, make sure it's all been done to code, and then that inspector writes a certificate of occupancy. Hey, this house is built right for people to dwell in. And you correlated that spiritually with really God wanting to ins inspect our house, the temple that we're building. Exactly. For You're building on something here. And so he is going to require now things of you that are very different. You know, now that you're growing and maturing in your walk with God, there is God's going to just desire more from you. These are the things that he's wanting from you. Right. And so, yeah, as he's coming in, as he's inspecting your heart, how does the condition of that temple look like? Where is it at currently? He's searching our hearts, our intentions, our actions. He's looking at every single thing that we're doing. And we have to ask ourselves, what condition is our temple in? Are we walking in his statutes? Are we obeying his rules? Are we keeping his commandments? These are the things that we constantly have to remind ourselves. Am I in that place that if God, uh, that if he shines a light upon my heart at this very moment, there is no hidden no hidden closet. Everything is open and available for him to walk through, to live in, to do what he desires to do. Uh, and mind you, this is a construction project that never ends, right? And so God is always fine-tuning. We're never going to get to a place uh, that, and it shouldn't be something that discourages anybody. I, I, I don't say that to discourage you and say, oh, then why even do this, right? But we're, 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 what it's doing, it's allowing you to become like Jesus, that's our ultimate goal is that the father wants us to be like his son. And so that's what it takes. And so do you not know that your bodies are the temple to the Lord? Honor God with them. That's what we have to do. Honor God with our bodies. Honor God with our decisions. Honor God with our intentions. Obey his rules. Follow his commandments. Walk in them on a consistent basis. These are the things that are going to keep you um, residing, keeping God residing within the temple of your life. That's so good. When, before we 
began this recording, you we were talking about certain people over the last few weeks that are letting us know they're making like life changing decisions. Yeah. Not for us, for 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 Jesus, you know, and as we keep saying, the reason we're walking through the story of God, and if you are walking this adventure with us, or if you're listening every week and you're joining in, eventually the words can't stay on the pages. You have to let them come off and penetrate your heart. And that way God can bring the change. And so people are saying, listen, I'm changing my marriage. I'm changing my relationship. I'm changing my dating relationship. I'm changing the things that we were doing in them because they're not honoring God. And I'm realizing that if I don't obey God, I'm going to get myself to a place I don't want to be. And you did such a great job in even landing this this plane on Sunday of the inspector coming Mm. to look at our hearts. You know, it can't be like we've seen Israel, God and. Can't continue to live that way. Some people live without God totally. God's going, listen, I want you to build a place. I want you to honor me with your bodies. You know, and I think that's not just, you know, in and how we navigate sexually, physically with our bodies, but it's what we see, what we hear, what we say, what goes in, what goes out, all those things, substances, addictions. It's how do I honor God with my body? Because it's a temple that his Holy Spirit rests in. And if I want the Holy Spirit of God with me, this is what David cried out to God. Don't take that from me, right? The same thing you gave me at the very beginning of all this, don't take it from me. The same thing that comes upon Solomon when he prays to really, you know, uh, cut the ribbon on the temple, you know, opening, you know, the spirit of God upon him that gives him all this wisdom is the same spirit that wants to dwell in us. And we have to make sure that the temple is ready for him to reside in. That's, That's it, man. Yeah. And so... Good it's such stuff. a blessing, such a blessing to, to do this. And uh, aside you legends, like that's a that's a tall task. Yeah, <laughs> listen, this is great, and I kind of like this seat. I, I think that I think. What are you trying to say? <laughs> I think that I might take the wheel. And be the captain as long as I possibly can. I can't preach every week, bro. <laughs> I'm going to give you the hard ones. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'll do. You shift yeah, everything Yeah, it's over. like while I was gone on Sunday, I was preaching up in Atlanta, and they gave me a passage of scripture because they're teaching through the book of Mark, and I was like, oh, I see why. I see why I got brought in to they, preach they this did one. did you like that, huh? Yeah, so it's, it took a little bit but more let's not, like, let's study. Let's not kid ourselves. You've... you've Past that baton uh, once or twice. Well, I like the <laughs> <laughs> while I've done it, and I like the challenge. With everything going on, Bahamas and Ignite Sports oh, and Arts man. Camp, and preaching here on Sin and there, it's been a lot. Oof, it's been a lot. Dude. But anyways, great dude. job, great job on Sunday. I think what's really cool is not just that we learned that you can maybe design the blueprints for somebody's house, but that you your talents and gifts. As we keep saying, even David, he was a skillful skillful player as to why the advisor told King Saul to bring him into his palace. You're using your gifts and talents for God. You know, an instrument you can play, your voice you can sing. I have a heart to teach God's word. You you really, you know, it kind of set the stage for this podcast since the beginning of the year when I was like, hey, it's me and you. Let's combo. Let's do a, a post-Sunday podcast and let's just take what we're doing on Sundays and let's take it further. And you kind of grabbed that baton and ran with it. And so, um, I could, like you, you guys, said with Solomon, you guys, man, y'all, you, you're using your talents for God. Y'all so make me better. Awesome. 
It's uh, awesome to see that. I'm surrounded around great group of men that stretch me like I've never been stretched. And I love it, man. I love it. Um, it's tough at the moment. <laughs> yeah. It's not easy. But when you see the ending result, um, it's just a beautiful thing. I'm so I, I'm only as strong as my team. And so I got a great team. And your hair. I now that I hair. know you won best hair. I'll lead the way on that. Samson, we're going to shave I'll you. I'll lead the way on that. We're going to hold you down and shave you in a few weeks. <laughs> <laughs> see if you lose all your power. You, you, you have see never you seen me with short hair. Your power. So you don't know. I got a picture. <laughs> you got pictures. I got young Johnny and a wife <laughs> beater <laughs> and a tight fade. I got this picture. <laughs> and I might use it to my advantage at the right moment for all of our listeners and all of our, our There were watchers. some more yesterday. Yeah. My mom showed me. but yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you guys, all of you who have listened today, all of you that have been watching as always, we invite you back to the next episode, episode 28, as we continue this never-ending story, the story of God that's just never-ending because every time we come back to it, we learn more and more and more. Use this as a resource. Pass it along. If you have any questions, follow us on Instagram at Post Sunny Podcasts. DM us. We'd love to have your question be answered in one of our episodes and uh, we thank you. So for all of you watching, for all of you listening, grace and peace. May God be with you. Thanks for listening to the Post Sunday Podcast, presented by Genesis Church. A place to go further, discover more, and to learn things you possibly never have. Be sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Genesis Church Orlando and at Post Sunday Podcast. Till next time, grace and peace to all of you.